Hello, and welcome back to Cannaboom, the podcast. This week, we're going to dive into how to grow your own cannabis. A lot of reasons to do so. You can save on taxes. You can look at your plants every day. You can control the pesticides and fertilizers and all that stuff if you want to. There's lots of advantages to it, and whether you have a green thumb or not, it's um, kind of rewarding to do so. Our guest is Mark Eden, who was a hobby grower, and he really took to it, so much so that he began his own company called Green Carpet Growing. Mark gives online classes. He does in-person classes. He does tutoring with people around the world. He's got an online course, and before this is over, he'll be extending a discount code to you where you can get 25% off on that course, which is going to make your first growing experience a lot easier and more rewarding, I think. If you like this podcast, you'll also like our website, cannaboomwithak.com. Sign up for my free weekly newsletter, Five Boom Friday, where we will let you know who our upcoming guests are. You'll learn about discounts like this one and many other things. Enjoy the episode. Cannabis is booming and Cannaboom is on it. Welcome to the Cannaboom podcast, where we interview experts on the changing story of humans, health, and hemp. From San Diego, here's your host, Tom Stacy. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Mark Eden of Green Carpet Growing. How are you, Mark? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. We have you on because there's so much interest in growing cannabis. Do you see even more interest these days? There is way more interest these days. So one thing that I've been doing over the past couple of years is really looking at Facebook groups. And there are a number of Facebook groups where growers congregate, share tips and tricks, help each other, uh, or be mean to one another. There's really a lot of that going on too. But in this past six months, there's been an explosion of groups on Facebook for new growers, just for cannabis growing. So uh, besides that, uh, I'm a authorized retailer with Gorilla Grow Tent and their tent sales are through the roof. They can't keep up. Everyone has to wait a month to, to get them shipped. Um, so all signals show that home growing craze has just begun. And yeah, I think these current times have been a catalyst for that. Sure. I mean, we could dig into that or, or just talk about what to do if you're interested in growing. I mean, there's so many great things about it. I'm in a condo now, but we had a big yard before where we grew a lot of vegetables and all kinds of things. We never did grow cannabis, but I'm definitely interested. I mean, I've spent enough at the dispensary and I think uh, I would love to have a plant or two out on the balcony or, or wherever. We got to start with the legalities then. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm really good at just keeping things simple, concise, and not elongating these stories. Here's what you need to know. You need to know that your your landlord, the, the agreement you sign with your landlord, the lease that you have, if it prohibits smoking cannabis, growing cannabis, they're in within their legal rights to do that. So they have your hands tied there. Um, and then in California, well, I'm in San Diego, you're in San Diego. We cannot grow outside in San Diego, uh, unless you're in Chula Vista or Oceanside. And there may be some wow. other areas surrounding, but yeah, you can't grow outside in San Diego. That's something I want to see changed. I think it's kind of an unnecessary prohibition prohibition thing. You know, it's just not cool. Yeah. Like why? I didn't you, know that. Yeah. It's, it's aggravating. So you got to grow inside then. That is correct. <laughs> and you can grow anywhere inside easily, simply in a bedroom, in the kitchen, in a spare room, a living room. I mean, you can put these grow tents anywhere. There are three by threes or four by fours are great intro size tents 
or you can grow one, two, your, or up to your six plants, which California has a six plant count for anyone that wants to grow at home. Uh, granted, you're of the legal age of 21. And well, there, before that, there was Prop 215. And here in San Diego, you needed your doctor's recommendation to grow. And the rule was you could grow as much as you need according to your condition. So there's still a little bit of what about Prop 215 uh, out there? But right now, predominantly, uh, Prop 64 is the rule of the law here in California. They have the California Bureau of Cannabis Control. But yes, home growing is completely legal. It's safe. It's fun. It's relaxing. You get, in my opinion, and many others, higher quality smoke. It's going to be smoother, tastier, more, more, more fragrant, more delicious. Um, you can stock up a little bit especially with the, the strains that you really value the most. That's kind of like something that happens to people. They find this strain or cultivar or variety they really like, and then they can't get it again. Um, so once you find your strain, you can just grow it yourself. And the economics of it, I mean, we all know that there's a hefty tax bite in California. You know, you have to invest a little bit on the front end if you're going to get a grow tent and everything. But in the long run, is it more economical to be a grower, a grower of your own product? Well, for the people that are grow, for the people that are smoking a lot of cannabis, those are the people that want to grow a significant amount. And in in those cases, you know, these are everyday smokers, every other day smokers. That's when it's really expensive. If you just spend like a hundred hours a week. I mean, you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars a year and you can get started for less than 2000 easily. I mean, you could get started on a real tight budget of even less than a thousand, but you'll get less of a quality light and you'll get what is called hobby growing buds, which are just small flowers. They're small buds. But if you want to grow big buds and commercial size cannabis flowers, then you're, you do end up needing to spend a little bit in the beginning. But then you just have these recurring costs, which are very, very small. So you get some seeds or some clones, some soil, some fertilizer, and that's it. And you get ounces and ounces and ounces. You also have sort of the farm to table dynamic. Do you find that some people then begin to make tinctures or edibles or? Yes, um, that's one of the other awesome things about growing is you have all of this trim and excess cannabis and you can use it to infuse into coconut oil or butter, uh, make your edibles, make your topicals. And of course, it's super healthy to know exactly what your what goes into your cannabis. You know, if you're getting it from the store, rest assured, it's been tested. But if you're getting it elsewhere, then you don't know if they were using, you know, bad pesticides. So it really just gives a lot of people peace of mind. Uh, it's just another great benefit of growing. Most of us might start from the presumption that, hey, this is easy. There's You need soil, you need water, and you need light. Those are the fundamentals. But if you want to do this in a best practices way, how do you approach it? Yeah, it's a mixed bag. A lot of people look at it or are completely confused. A lot of people look at it and just say, this is going to be easy. I'm going to do it. Maybe they have a frame of reference. They grew up around growing things. Uh, a lot of people that don't have that frame of reference. They don't know where to start. They go online, they watch a hundred videos, read a hundred articles, uh, read a hundred forums, and then try to like just put together their own little system in their home and they stumble and they fall. And what happens is you get pests out of control. Uh, you end up nuking your plants, over fertilizing or over watering. 
but you know, for the person with the green thumb, they're like, okay, it's going to be simple. You know, this is a, a weed, right? Well, it does kind of grow like a weed, but if you want really high quality cannabis, you're going to nurture it. You're going to want to control the environment. There's some climate rules and they, they kind of change from when you're in the veg stage to the flowering stage and the harvest phase. So that's kind of your timeline. You've got your veg phase where the plant's growing, leaves, stems, roots. Uh, you de you decide when it flowers inside, unless you're growing autoflower plants, which that may be a thing for a lot of people out there. Autoflowers are just kind of now really taking off in the marketplace. People are growing them more, but for the most part, people are growing where you keep your plants in an 18-6 light cycle for veg and then a 12-12 light cycle for flower. You prompt the flowering process. That process for flowering is about two months, could be a little less. Like Blueberry Muffin is a strain from Humboldt Seed Company that flowers in like 45 days to, to, to maturity, which is really fast. Usually it's like 60 days and sometimes it's even you know, much more than 60 days. It can be up to three months for some rare kind of land race sativa strains. They're kind of hard to get in the first place. Most of the times you're accessing seeds, uh, it's going to tell you that oh, it's about 60 days to maturity. You're describing a process that does have some complexity to it, and you can layer in technology and, and intelligence to really kind of optimize your results. Yes. At first, I was very hesitant to, to do anything tech, tech, technologically wise, but you know, you got to go with it. And LEDs are amazing. LED lights don't crush your electric bill, maybe $25 a month, $30 a month for one light. And it's not creating tons and tons of heat. So you don't have to worry about managing your heat so much. And then there's some other cool things you're using, like a fan, you're using your fans and you're there's like these great water gauge readers that helps you determine when your plant needs to be watered. That saves you a lot of time. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's a really actually intimate process when you're gardening. You know, you want to stick your hands in the pot on the sides, feel for if it's wet, pick it up a little bit, see how much it weighs. Um, but, you know, there's little things, little technological tricks that you can do. Uh, I try to use the least amount as possible. So I teach like a, a very simple system for new growers. If you want to get started, not waste your money, not have a failed harvest, then here are the basic steps, the foundational best practices. And it's a starting point. And it's a, it's a starting point where you're going to be successful. And then from there on, you know, the art of cultivation is just endless. And it's the kind of hobby that's a lifelong hobby. You'll never get bored with it. You can always find learn something new, do something new with your gardening. I mean, there's so many styles and ways you can garden indoor, outdoor, in your greenhouses. Um, there's just a lot of opportunities, a lot of creative things people have done, like take an indoor, indoor in-ground pool and turn that into your giant garden. Hmm. And you can grow six plants that way too. They would be trees, but you could do it. <laughs> And so, I mean, you're going to learn about plant genetics and, as you said, different cultivars that you, you might prefer. There's a lot of knowledge to pick up as you go through this. Yep. Speak to a little bit about genetics and just the lay of the land of what's out, what is available. You have clones that are available. You've got seeds that are available. What are clones about? Where do they come from? Why would I use it? Um, seeds, are they autoflower, male, female? And how does that happen? How is there feminized seeds? 
How is there male seeds? And why are there Hermes seeds? So I explain all of that real simply and then point people to what's simple and easy to manage. Because really, I find even like an extreme hobbyist, that person has a job and a family and they don't have tons and tons of time. They want things that are efficient. They want things that are, you know, they don't want to get too in the weeds, so to speak. So getting people on the fast track with with that kind of stuff is what I really like like to do. Were you a hobbyist who made this into your, your profession? Absolutely. And I first started wanting to grow because I wanted to save money. I was one of those people that I, I needed much more than a quarter a week. So, you know, at the end of the day, I was just couldn't stop thinking about growing. And then I went down the slippery slope of a first time grower and how hard and challenging and difficult that can be for someone that doesn't know what they're doing. And then, you know, you have a friend help you and they don't really know what they're doing. And there's a lot of mishaps that people stumble into as a first time grower. And I think I've stumbled into all of them. Um, it's probably my personality. I'm a little bit reckless, just kind of like jump in and just start going to town. Um, but I finally sought personal mentors. I thought I sought several personal mentors, people would come over, talk me, talk through stuff with me. Um, and it was through mentorship that I really just became really good at it. And then I became really, really good at it because I'm just doing it all the time. Like my life depends on it. Like I just want to test and try and explore and experiment and tinker in the garden. And at the same time, I love getting new growers started. Uh, I can't stand seeing them suffer and go through all the, the mishaps when, you know, I love to teach. I've taught other things in the past. I'm a good teacher. Um, I've been teaching this class for three years in my home, Every t sometimes once a week, sometimes twice a month. Um, I do private classes, and I've just narrowed down what new beginners ask me. Like I know all their frequently asked questions, and I just cover everything that's going on in their head and get them on a simple, easy path to just growing at home year-round, keep it simple. And like I said, from there on in, you know, you could chase a lot of bunny trails. There's a lot of different styles of growing. There's hydroponics and aquaponics, and there's always new fertilizers to try and, and sample. And, and the Facebook groups, you know, there's so many to join. And sometimes they're, you know, it's an autoflower Facebook group, or it's a hydroponics Facebook, or it's an organic Facebook group. So there's a lot of options. There's a lot of communities to join up in. So once you get started growing, it's, you know, you get the fever and, and you don't stop because you get great cannabis, you give it away and you did it yourself. You know, it's super safe and healthy and you're growing the, the favorite strains that you want. It's amazing. Right. So I'm surprised that no one else has really done something like this out there. Uh, there are other teachers of sorts and there's, there's consultants for sure, but I have made it like my, my job to make sure that a really good training video that covers start to finish A to Z, get growing fast and be successful. Um, but put that out in the marketplace because there's a lot of just videos out there that are just a little bit, they're not from start to finish. And, and I don't get the sense that these people are growing in their homes year round all the time. Um, it's, and I've experienced a lot of different cannabis teachers and some of those with the real amazing, excellent commercial experience 
they tend to be out of touch with the the home grower that just wants to keep it simple, a simple system. Like, please don't complicate this for me. I mean, that's my, I'm very happy to bring that to the world. There are much smarter cannabis teachers. You know, my specialty, I tell people is just getting people started growing simply and successfully. They want to keep it simple, keep it easy. I'm going to talk you through what you need to know. You're going to have an amazing foundation. You're going to do best practices and, and then you can pick and choose from where you learn because there's a lot of places to learn from, but for a new beginner, it's overwhelming. And they tell that to me all the time. I mean, it's, it's a recurring theme of how challenging it is to get started when you're just starting because there's a lot going on in cannabis cultivation. You mentioned some of the pitfalls, pests, mold. I know mold can rear its head. And uh, do I do seeds or a clone? A clone would seem to be simpler. You know, what kind of soil do I get? Do I fertilize or do I want it to be completely organic? Can I get an organic fertilizer? I mean, there, there's a lot of different branches you could follow as you as you get started, right? Yes. And I recommend a couple organic fertilizers that, you know, it's hard to find organic fertilizers and if you search organic fertilizer for cannabis, a lot of times what's popping up in the search results are synthetic ingredients, synthetic fertilizers. So, and the organic ones are usually more expensive too. And then a lot of times people are tested because it can be really cheap on the fertilizer side to, to get some fertilizer. And I've tried all kinds of fertilizer. You know, you can just keep trying everything. I've tried so many different fertilizers. They all work to a degree. Um, a lot of these fertilizing companies are, it's a, it's a marketing game. Um, they're just trying to make money. So you mm -hmm. make a cool label and it's not easy to get into though. You know, there's definitely lots of red tape when you bring a fertilizer to market. It's not, you know, I'm not dismissing the, the, their business. It's just a lot of them just seem a little greedy for the money and think that they can just put a, a, a nice label on a package and that it's going to be successful. So a lot of, you see a lot of fertilizers come and go, new ones come to the market, they disappear. Um, but there are some, like you said, some people don't want to grow with fertilizer. They just want to stick with some soil, some living soil, nurture the soil with microbes and maybe some amendments or some teas. And it can be super simple. Uh, it just, just kind of, you find your groove. There's a, there's a few different options and I do present those. I present to people like simple options. Like you can do this, you can do this. People do it this way. People do it that way. I teach a way. It's not the only way, but it's, it's a way that a lot of people resonate with and are just very uh, grateful for that, that there was someone showing them the way. I checked out your site and you've got some tips and then you've got several offerings. I mean, you, you mentioned the video, which looks really great. And then do you do in-person classes too? And then there's also like one-to-one -one coaching, right? Yes. Thank you. We do consulting on site at people's homes, help them decide where to grow, what style to grow. And it's a fun process. We have a lot of fun. And then there's the folks that just need a little bit of video coaching, like some troubleshooting or... They just need 30 minutes of give, you know, audit my home grow for me kind of quality control. So we do that through video. It's super interactive. I can see your plants. I can see your flowers and it's a lot of fun. So that's something about my business is I have fun. My clients have fun with me. Um, I try to bring fun into cannabis growing where there is a lot of seriousness. <laughs> that's a great idea. I mean, is that like a Zoom call or, or FaceTime or something where they just pull their computer on and show you the, the buds and yeah, typically we're using WhatsApp. That is, um, you know, I get clients from around the world. So internationally WhatsApp is 
very well known and used and it works great across both you know your iphone your android so i like that but you know sometimes we end up on facetime sometimes we end up on google chat it just depends that's really cool You've also got the video class and then, so you're kind of a one-stop shop too, right? I mean, you can get the tents and the lights and the seeds and yes. the clones and all that. Yes, that's right. Um, we do have grow kits. So it's just the grow kit of what I highly recommend. There's really no other grow kits like mine out on the market that have everything you're going to need, like everything. So the jeweler's scope, it's going to have, actually, I don't ship soil. So that's a disclaimer right there. I don't ship soil. I just stay out of that. You don't, it's too expensive. It's too silly. Um, if you make me do it, I will. But for the most part, I'm like, no, just go pick up the soil down the street at your local gardening shop or your local hardware store. Support a small business down down the street. But yeah, our grow kits are complete. They're going to have the pest control. They're going to have just everything you need. And really, um, I guess I'll just, I have Gorilla Grow tents, so they're really strong. They're really, vi they're going to last practically forever. I have had the cheapy grow tents that the zippers break there's light leak and it they're flimsy they just feel so flimsy and cheap and then you get a gorilla grow tent and it's like ah that is that is awesome so the tent is awesome the light is awesome because there are a lot of cheapy lights out there that with big price tags that don't cut the cake and that's really a, a downer for people that spend a lot of money on a light on a LED light, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars. And then they're getting hobby growing size buds, just small flowers. So, you know, they're going to get a good light, a good tent, and then get all the, the odds and ends, the bells and the whistles that take you and keep you, you know, so it's relaxing. So it's enjoyable. So you don't get stressed out. You just have everything you need. And, you know, some of my clients end up wanting video weekly video coaching calls and they just want to check in and we do that for them. Sometimes they want it every other week. Sometimes it's once a month. It's completely on, you know, whenever you need it or want it. And I have a team of other teachers that help. And it's a growing team of both commercial and home grow consultants. So green carpet growing is growing in that regard as well. You're saying you help commercial growers too. Yeah, it's an inevitable kind of thing for me personally. Um I mean, you've increased your store of knowledge in terms of everything from soil to genetics. So yeah, I'm sure that you can answer a lot of questions for anybody. I mean, it's the same process, whether you're growing for yourself or for commercial. Well, commercial is a hundred times more complicated. Growing on a commercial scale, it's a completely different thing. It's a whole nother beast and I'm green carpet growing will be involved. I'll be involved, but I am specifically hiring consultants that can provide the design, the development, and remote quality control consulting. So I'm I'm picking commercial growers that I have gotten to know and trust, and I like their style. They're consultative in their approach. They are kind and friendly and professional. And that's something that's not always a given in commercial cannabis cultivation. And you know, here in California, we're we're the ones that are we're blessed we're able to really get our hands dirty in this industry right now so we're going to be able to help a lot of people in a lot of different states and i'll have teams of consultants because you know let's face it everyone wants to do their own thing and if you're at the level of being a someone that can design develop 
produce a commercial design and get that up and running. You know, you're highly skilled. You can do what you want when you want. So you're kind of just drawn to consulting because you like designing, developing, and helping people. So I put together just a roster of people that can help. I've got Farmer Rick, who is currently stationed in San Diego, also Michigan, also North Carolina. And I've got uh, another guy coming on board right now. So yeah, commercial consulting is something we're getting we're getting involved in because um, there's a lot of people are going to be getting into this across the states as as legalization continues. You know, the micro installation, the guy who wants to do it in a corner of the garage at home or the, the person who's got a bigger vision and wants to scale this up. But I kind of hear you saying you can choose your clients and you you choose people who are more mindful, more intentional, not so much the corporate side, maybe. Yeah. Personally, we would never really position ourselves to be assisting corporate, corporate anything. Um, I'm just in the business, number one, of empowering people. So I'm, I'm doing that. I'm going to make sure people can grow cannabis at home simply and successfully. Like here, do it in your kitchen, do it in your bedroom. You don't have to have a complicated system. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, you might run into a little struggle here and there, but that's fine. Like you don't have to have this perfect commercial system in your home. That's ridiculous. Um, so to those people that, that poo-poo on anyone doing something small in their house, I think that's that's just big ego. And the home grow movement has just begun. Um, the commercial stuff, green carpet growing. You know, the future, I'd like to curate some some cultivars and be part of cultivar education. So the key is what strains are popular, right? Well, who determines what strains are popular? Is it the commercial growers? Is it the, the market? So I ask a commercial grower, a head grower, and I ask the owner of the farm, the commercial endeavor. And these are indoor. And they told, let's see, the grower told me that they have to grow high THC and they have to grow heavy yielding strain. So they target, that's their metrics. So anything else is just not even considered. It's just super high THC and what's heavy yielding. And the, the, they imply that that's what the, the market demands. And I just don't think that there's any market research to show or prove that, that that's what the market demands. I think that it's that there's no real deep thought going into what strains are grown commercially and why. And I think people are going to buy what's at the store. And what's at the store right now is a little bit limited. It's a bit dry. Um, there are issues with cannabis storage in these jars. So there's, there's, you know, back in the day, it used to just be in a big glass sealed jar screwed tight at the medical dispensary. And you'd go in there and you'd smell the jar. You'd smell the jars. Nowadays, these they're jarred up. Um, there's issues of quality with commercial cannabis. There's issues of are they giving a wide enough diversity? And then it's like, you know, one week they have it, and the next week they don't. So I think they need to get their act a little more together. Um, and home growers are just, you know, I just love seeing city folk realize they can grow at home. Like you can grow in your apartment. The smell is not going to rock your neighbor's world if you're growing super smelly strains and that's your thing that's your jam well you can run a little carbon filter on one of your fans and take care of the smell issue so no worries you can do it yourself 
What you're saying kind of reminds me of the home brewing thing. And, you know, I brewed some beer in my bathtub way back when, when the only choices that you had were like Budweiser and Miller Lite and, you know, a couple others. And then Sierra Nevada was there. And if you liked Sierra Nevada, you could get a recipe and kind of do it yourself. But your choices were very limited. And we know that there's a lot of cannabinoids besides THC and CBD. You know, there's CBG, there's CBN. There's 113, 120 cannabinoids that are known, and maybe you prefer something with a different profile. Absolutely. Um, Do you see that coming into play as we begin to understand more about the genetics and the cultivars that people will be able to grow these at home? If I want a high CBG flower, I can grow that. That's coming. People are getting more educated. Uh, The companies that are selling the genetics are putting out more education, slowly but surely. I like to get my genetics from Humboldt Seed Company for my seeds and for my clones, Dark Heart Nursery. They're both cannabis, California cannabis companies. Terpenes, you know, people are learning what terpene profiles they like best. And you, you find that out by first by smelling the flowers, you know, what happens when you're smelling all these different smells and different terpene profiles put out different smells. My favorite terpene is terpinaline, terpinaline, and it's typically considered a rarer terpene. It's typically not a dominant one. So, you know, I have been finding that strains with high terpinaline are really great for my anxiety and, you know, tendencies to a depressive state, just kind of like being worn out from anxiety, just turns into like a depressive state from so much just fighting the anxiety. Um, There's a little anxiety these days too. (laughs) Yeah, it's been intense lately and I feel it. So, um, high terpinaline strains are great to grow at home. I like when a strain is like 10, 11% THC. It doesn't need to be so strong. It needs to be, you know, I love a light strain because I like to get through the day, not be tired, not be drowsy at all, and be completely creative, productive, and that's it. So I love my low THC strains, high terpinaline, a lot of fruity strains, tropical strains, uh, my favorite of all time, Midnight Splendor, but it's kind of off the market right now. Comes from Hawaiian Sea Company and Dark Heart Nursery did put out their clones for a while, but then they pulled them back. I'm not sure when or if they're coming back, but they do have that in their catalog, in their library. So yeah, Dark Heart Nursery is this California nursery that has a vision to be supplying clones nationwide. And you're partnered with them? Yeah, we've been working together and they've been sponsoring green carpet growing classes uh, pretty much since for the past two years. And their clones can be found in dispensaries across San Diego at High Kai, down in like the Golden Hill area, downtown San Diego. Also March and Ash, and they have multiple locations. So their, their genetics are down here in Southern California and across California. Okay. I'll look for them. I got to ask, where do you fall on the indica sativa identification? I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that's meaningless anymore, but it does give you sort of a- (laughs) You're right. At least it gives you a mental framework for, okay, this is going to be relaxing or this is going to be energizing, right? Not necessarily. That's where- that No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. Here's what I would say to this. You know, your indica, you, you have- all these hybrids on the market. They're all basically hybrids. There's very few pure indica, pure sativa. So we have all of these hybrids. Sativas are known for their, their thin leaves and their energizing cerebral effects. Your indicas have these thick leaves. They tend to grow short and stout. Sativas grow tall. 
and indicas typically make you relaxed and and something to for pain relief. So that's the typical understanding. But you can't just look at the is it a sativa dominant or indica dominant strain. And I still use the word strain, like it's still relevant. I know a lot of people don't like it, but it's going to be a word that doesn't go away. So you got the word strain. The technical real term should be cultivar. Um, and then I love the safe term variety. You know, maybe if I just start using that word, it'll be a safe zone. So what you really want to pay attention to is the terpene profiles. And you could have sativas that end up making you tired. You could have some indicas that really just keep you energized. You don't get tired at all. So if you really want to get tired, you actually want to grow your own, number one, and you can grow your own and over-ripen your cannabis and over-ripen it. So you, you just grow it longer than normal. And what happens is the THC gets degraded to CBN. CBN makes you sleepy. And I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. Um, there are some people that want to say that that doesn't, that's not scientifically proven, but um, I'm going to I'm going to bat for this that I have seen and experienced and seen so much about CBN making you tired, experiencing it, seeing other people experience it, and ultimately, you're looking at the trichomes of your cannabis flowers when you're trying to determine are they done, are they ripe, do I chop them down today? And you can see these different colors. They could be clear, transparent. They can be white. They can be amber. When they start turning amber, that's the indication that THC is degrading to CBN. So you just get lots and lots of amber. So you could have a sativa strain that actually did make you upbeat and cerebral and busy. And all of a sudden that is making you tired. So it, it's really in your control if you want to, to be sleepy. Um, I highly recommend just look up cannabis terpenes and just read about the top most prominent ones. There's about 16, maybe a dozen. And they each have smell and effects, and there's different combinations, different percentages, and certain ones draw out other other things in other ones. So the way they work synergistically is kind of mind-boggling, and I think everyone's looking for the perfect strain for them. I did find it once. I can't get it right now. Um, I'm hoping to find it with the strain I'm growing right now called Raspberry Parfait, and that's also from Humboldt Seed Company. A remarkable like 12% terpeneline. And that's like really high. That's I haven't seen it that high in anything before. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think you mentioned earlier, test and learn. And that's so true for so many aspects of cannabis, whether you're trying CBD or cannabis itself in, in many different forms. But it's definitely true when you're growing. And there's so many subtleties, like you mentioned, just the trichomes and paying attention to that. And obviously, no one's going to know that unless they have somebody like you to consult. Well, that'll change someday. I think I, you know, I've always told people that in general, in society, there's very limited knowledge. There's no cultural knowledge of cultivation and it's just getting out there. So in 10 years, I really think we're going to have an educated population and I'm just a small slice of the pie. There's a lot of wonderful educators about terpenes, cannabinoids. Literally, my claim to fame, my small little niche right now, is getting new growers started to grow successfully indoors year-round, and it's affordable, and it's amazing. And from there on, boom, you can take so many different leaps and directions. And then I'm also really passionate about marketing, and I do work with other companies. Um, 
So it's really fun for me to design marketing strategies. And I think I'll always be in cannabis, but I'll also be in other places too. That's a great mission to just help people get started because talked about it on other shows. There's been a hundred years of propaganda and repression around this. And 150 years ago, maybe people were growing, but that all got squelched. And now we do have some technology and know-how and going to be kind of a golden age of growing at home. I hope so. I hope so. One subtlety that we all know about, the beginner might have difficulty, is kind of sexing the plant. You talked about feminized seeds and clones, but you want the female plant. So are feminized seeds going to only grow female plants? You got it. So if you get a clone, it's going to be a female. Clones are always female. They are taken, propagated, cut from a mother plant, and you're going to have a female. And if you get seeds, you're either going to get males. You can, they're, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you get seeds, you're going to get regular seeds or feminized or autoflower. And highly recommend getting feminized because if you get regular, then you have to sex them. And it's just a process. It takes time. Typically, the plant isn't going to show you its sex for 30 to 60 days. That could be two months or more. And there's ways you can force the cannabis to show you its sex. But, you know, that's just a another cool thing to explore and practice once you're knee deep in the art and and you're just exploring and trying new things. Yeah. Why bother if you don't have to? You can just get feminized seeds and not not have to worry about that subtlety of it. Feminized seeds all the way and read about Humboldt Seed Company seeds on their website. They have excellent written up descriptions and with terpene profile analysis, cannabinoid analysis, and you can really dive into determining and finding a cultivar, a variety that will rock your world and just help you, whether it's to relax at night and have fun with friends or to help you eat more food, get hungry to help you with stress, anxiety, depression. Um, there's something for everyone. So now if I go to your website and get a grow kit, that will include seeds? No, no. But um, if you email us, we will send you information on where to get seeds, the best place to get seeds. Sometimes it does depend on where you live, but we'll make you some personal recommendations. Uh, just email us and we'll get back to you. Otherwise, you can absolutely find seeds at March and Ash, like I said, High Kai. Uh, Urban Leaf sells seeds in California here in San Diego. I'm just speaking to the San Diego community. Uh, mm -hmm. But legal licensed dispensary sells Humboldt cannabis seeds, and Humboldt is kind of the gold standard. There's other places yeah. to find seeds. I mean, if you go to Instagram, there's a storm of breeders and you know, as long as you're really paying attention to the breeder, you're not going to get scammed. You know, don't buy from a shifty, shady, sketchy website. But, you know, if you're watching a breeder communicate with the public for years on Instagram and they're selling seeds, uh, odds are you're not going to get scammed and you're going to get good seeds. But there are scammers out there. And there are many stories of people buying seeds from people. Uh, it's like through Facebook, these people with sketchy profiles. I wouldn't recommend that. That's good advice. So pay attention and make sure it's somebody who's been in the business for a while and seems to be have a good reputation. Yes, right? reputation is everything. Well, we have a deal for our listeners, right? Woohoo, we sure do. <laughs> okay, so everybody, my beginner's grow class teaches you how to grow at home with LED light, grow tent, some fans, a few other supplies, 
and you can do this year round. I'm going to go over everything you need to know to do this simply and successfully and keep you on the, the fast track. So it's $99. And if you use Cannaboom promo code, you'll save 25%. So that's what we have going on for the whole year. So from August 1st, 2020 till August 1st, 2021, if you're hearing this, please get the class, give it away, share it with a friend, get growing, promise you won't regret it. Sweet. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and hopefully we can get a lot of people uh, growing their own cannabis at home. I know I'm going to give it a try for sure. Good to hear. We'll find you at Green Carpet Growing. And are you on Instagram and Twitter or the usual places? Yeah, greencarpetgrowing.com. I'm also launching diyhomegrow.com. That's going to be my next website. That's diyhomegrow.com. I am on Instagram at, at Green Carpet Growing. I'm on LinkedIn, Mark Eden. So Twitter, yeah, we're on Twitter. I think it's at Green Carpet Grow. Not much, not really. We don't like to spend too much time there. Once in a while, we, we, we share something there because there's a little bit of community there. But the biggest community I find really is on Facebook. So Green Carpet Growing is on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Happy to link up and share as much as I can to help people get growing successfully. Great. Well, thanks, Mark. Uh, I think our listeners are going to love it. And uh, we're all going to have our own cannabis pretty soon. So, All right. Well, thank you so much for reaching out and inviting me to be part of your podcast. I know you got 50 episodes. Can you tell me real quick, what's your goal? Are you going to ever stop or is this going to be a thing where you never stop? Well, I just kind of created my own job. I was a journalist way back when and was fascinated by this. My own story was I lost a younger brother to complications around epilepsy at a time when cannabis wasn't known to stop seizures. And I later found out that, oh my God, you know, it, it helps stop seizures in little kids. Maybe it could have saved my brother Mike's life. I am convinced that almost every family in America around the world has a similar story uh, where if we had a better, more sane cannabis policy, people wouldn't be incarcerated. They wouldn't have diseases. They would live a healthier life. And so that's my mission is to just kind of tell that story. And I do it through my website, Canna Boom, and on the podcast and on my weekly newsletter called Five Boom Friday. So that's my pitch. Well, that gave me the goosebumps. I love, <laughs> I love what you're doing. And now knowing your story makes it all the more real. Yeah. I'm a true believer in this plant. Just last week, I had Moritz Beagle, a guy who's totally into hemp and not so much cannabis, but he transitioned from music into hemp. And he makes hemp guitars. He's into hemp Crete. He does hemp paper. He has events. And that's a whole nother side of this, that hemp can be a fuel, could help us lift the economy, which we're going to need as we come out of this pandemic. So between hemp and cannabis, we really have the opportunity to, to make a, a real positive impact. And that's, that's my focus. Again, I'm so glad you just mentioned that because hemp is also on my radar. I'm looking at some green carp, some potential green carpet growing hemp rolling papers. And I think hemp is, we have, I mean, geez, it has barely begun. The hemp industry has barely begun to revolutionize industry in this country. And there's so much that can be hemp and any entrepreneur out there, jump on it. Like if not you, who, who's going to do it? Like people that are work, you got to wake up and decide to do something. So there's so much opportunity around hemp. There's hemp cigarettes, there's hemp, everything that you just listed. And 
I'm really excited about him too. So I gotta, I gotta go through all of your podcast episodes, get caught up and make sure that I'm sharing what you're doing with my communities. I think it's fantastic. I can tell you have such a good educational mindset. And again, thank you for having me. Thanks, Mark. You're a great model for anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur in this space. And I think, yeah, we're going to go forward and, and uh, change the world. So thanks for being a guest. All the listeners, remember Cannaboom at Green Carpet Growing, and you'll save 25% and get growing yourself. All right, everybody, get growing. Boom. You've been listening to the Cannaboom Podcast with host Tom Stacy. If you like the show and want to know more, please check us out at Cannaboom with a K.com. And please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. See you next week.